It's the Breaking Actions podcast where we break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the failed Homo sapien. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the failed internet account holder. <laughs> hey man, listen, the internet, the gremlins on the interwebs sometimes defeat us. It happens. There's nothing you can do. Nah, bro. Nah, nah, nah. I'm going to start screaming on my provider, bro. I'm just going to move, basically. When Boris Johnson come up on my screen, everything is fine, bro. Everything is fine. It's, yes. it's smooth. It's right. crystal clear. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? I can see every hair that's out of place. You know, then Lord Jazz come on and it's like, it's, it sounds like a tractor out here. Do you know what I mean? I can't have that. I can't have that. Anyway. <laughs> it's okay. But but it's okay. But we, we, we got there. We moved um, to that. Man, we... we we went to we went to do the curriculum today. This is what we what we're here to do. The curriculum, curriculum of hip hop. It's very important that you know a lot of a lot of people talk about these groups, these people. We go out and get and speak to them directly, and I'm I'm very very honoured and pleased that we have Lord Jazz of Lords of the Underground on the Breaking Atoms podcast. That is yeah. brilliant. To end the year out, you know, we're seeing the year out strong, and you know we've got. You've got someone who, you know, I said it on the interview, Lords of the Underground. Lords, are, you know, artists, fans should go and study their their catalogue, their work, watch them go and perform, you know. Um, very, very important to the culture. And I'm, I'm glad we had some time with For with, sure. With and look, there's nothing more for me to really add. I think Lords of the Underground are a cornerstone hip-hop group. And there's no one that I know who has a love of hip-hop, particularly from the 90s, that does not know of, salute, or give credit to Lords of the Underground. So salute to those three brothers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Timeless music um, that they've made. And uh, yeah, very, very, very appreciative of, of Lord Jazz's time. Uh, so let's get into it. This is Lord Jazz, Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. And today we are joined by a certified legend, a DJ's DJ, uh, a plain dealer, if you want to put it that way. And one of the keepers of the funk, we are talking to none other than Lord Jazz. Lord Jazz, how you doing? Peace, my brothers. I'm good, man. Blessed. Can't complain. Good to be here. Good to be here. We are, yeah, we are super excited to have you. We were talking off air very, uh, very briefly about how much we stand over yourself, Lords of Underground, and how much you mean to the culture. So we are not afraid, as many people think we we fake the people think we fake the funk on this show about how we give um how we give our flowers to to those that have have shaped our our hip hop um upbringing. You know what I'm saying? So so we appreciate you having it uh, and we appreciate your time. Um, let's get straight into this, right? Um, Cleveland, Ohio, a rich history of music. You obviously grew up there. You're from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm really interested because, you know, we're from the UK, London. You know, I'm in the upside down world um, at the moment. But access to hip hop as a kid in Cleveland and then following on very quickly to the importance of 88.9 FM for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, you did your research, man. Um, well, growing up in Cleveland um, and being trying to be in music, man, was is, was very difficult. Um, I mean, Cleveland, Ohio was like uh, 
an eight hour, eight and a half hour drive to to the city of New York and New Jersey and all of that. Um, I mean, not super far, but far enough back then, you know, it felt like we were in the West Coast. But, you know, it was very hard just trying to get heard. So, you know, in, in Cleveland, you know, I, I was in a lot of groups, you know, doing <laughs> talent shows like your man was doing. So, you know, we would go around the city, you know, just doing talent shows, just trying to be seen or heard, you know, by anybody. And, um, you know, one, one of the actually one of the first rappers um, to get signed, well, to go platinum was MC Brains. I know you yeah, guys remember yeah. Brains. Um. You know, by by just him doing that, man, and making us see like, wow, you know, like we do have talent, we do have what it makes to, you know, to succeed in this business. Um, but um, now it's it very hard because if you weren't from New York, first of all, if you weren't from New York, because that's the mecca, that's where you know hip hop started. You know, they would laugh at you. You know, I didn't. You you could be from Philly, from New Jersey, from from D.C. or anywhere. You know, they would just loud. You you know, if you're not from New York, you ain't you ain't shit. Basically, I can curse on here. Yeah, go ahead, man. Okay, so basically, you know, you was a piece of shit. Even even people in New Jersey felt that, man. You know, so that's why I say now, like this year now, like from from what ninety six to now, trap music has been running this shit like the South, because New York shitted on so many other states and cities. Like now that they're on top, they like fuck New York, and now New York is trying to like, do the same thing that they're doing. But anyway, um, it was it was just very difficult, man, growing up in Cleveland and, and trying to um, you know be a producer, DJ, just to be heard, man, it was very hard. But you know, I finally eventually did get my break when I left Cleveland. That's what happens a lot of times. You have to leave your city and venture out to be discovered you know what i mean so i did that i went to school and you know the the rest is history i guess we can get into that later but mm -hmm. yeah so you, you end up at um shaw university in north carolina and i heard that you had a you had a, a radio show and you were given like free reign to play like jazz records you also played gospel as well so i'm a church boy and i love that part of your story like yes what kind of yes. what kind of gospel records do you remember playing and could you tell us the importance of like gospel music just in terms of the black experience particularly in america yeah um um again going to college i was a communication major i um you know just worked my my way up at the station i started with the gospel show um waking up at 4 a.m you know and playing gospel i really man i I really back then and to this day, I still I, I love Andre Crouch. Yes. I, yes. It's just something about his voice and his music, man, that you know it, you know, it it just it it talked to me. So I, I played a, a lot of Andre Crouch. Um I actually play a lot of my aunt Lucretia Costa. She's a gospel singer too. And it's just the gospel music, man, just touches you here. I don't I don't care what what kind of day you have it, but, you know, you turn the gospel on and listen to the words and listen to the music, man. It really just, you know, it captures you and just makes you feel better. You know, that, me personally just makes you right. feel better, puts you in a better place, you know, and put in perspective, you know, of your life. Um, so, you know, these are things that, that I, I enjoy about, you know, the gospel. 
Um, as far as jazz, I, I love jazz. I'm a jazz lover, progressive jazz, uh, mainstream jazz. Um, jazz music soothes me. Um, of course, you know, all music can put you in certain modes uh, or moods. And, you know, jazz music really just relaxes me, man. It takes me to another place. So, you know, I, I love the gospel. I love the jazz. But my true love is hip hop. My true love is hip hop, man. And, um, man, hip hop has changed my life, like, drastically. Like, I don't know what the fuck I would be doing if it wasn't for hip hop. Like a lot of my peers, you know? Um, but, you know, just growing up and listening to, to, to the, me, I would, I would listen to the DJs first. When I would go to the Fresh Fest concerts and see, you know, LL and the Fat Boys and Run DMC and, and Houdini, you know, my, my focus was on the DJ, you know? I mean, I love the music, but my focus was on the DJ. What is the DJ doing? And um, so, you know, that was just a, a love of mine, man. And then all the cultures of hip hop, you know, I, I enjoyed. But DJing was the last thing that I tried. And I was like, this is my niche, you know, and I've been doing it ever since. So to, to flow on, to, to pun intended, <laughs> to flow on to that, my next question was about DJing. So, yeah. um, taking it back, um, even further, um, Grandmaster Flash, the adventures of Grandmaster Flash, listening to that as a, as a youngster, but more importantly, how listening to Flash and those who were around the time, you know, even people in Cleveland, Ohio, people you looked up to, how they, yeah. how, how they shaped your song selection as you became a DJ. Cause we know you did graffiti. We know you tried, right. You know, you wrote rhymes, but yeah. when you started to settle on, on being a DJ, how did Flash and, 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 and the likes of Flash help you to really shape your song selection? Cause that's very key as much as mixing is important and blending is important, but yeah. song selection is equally important, especially when you're part, when you're DJing those high school parties as well. Exactly. First of all, let me say shout out to my man, MC Chill. He was actually the, the first MC to get signed. And my, my uncle, Jimmy Stevens, actually uh, signed him to Fever. So I wanted to get that out the way. Um, so Grandmaster Flash. Man, just watching Grandmaster Flash on Wild Style changed my life. <laughs> just just the kid with the wrist and spin I was man that blew my mind and then and then just hearing the the song that he did this was actually the first song I, I ever, I've ever heard where the DJ just was just cutting it was like he was on the radio but it was a record it was a record and just the selection that that he, you know, had on that record it wasn't all all just hip hop music. Of course, it started with disco, you know, the funk, and these were all songs that touched me, you know, personally. Just to hear him cut it up, man, it, man, it was amazing, man. It, that blew my mind, like a, a lot of a, a lot of other DJs, you know, and and being a DJ, you know. You have to have a wide range of knowledge of the music, not just one, just, 
that's why I tell I tell a lot of promoters, a lot of DJs nowadays, like you have to know your music. Back then, growing up in the eighties and nineties, like we had one DJ to DJ the party. It wasn't five DJs. One DJ played reggae. One DJ played house. One DJ played funk. Like no, like we played everything. We're knowledgeable about everything, all genres of music. You know that you must know. And another thing. Being a DJ, you have to you have to teach these people or, 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 or learn them about music. You know, you can't just be stagnant and playing the same thing every other DJ plays. You know, take some chances, take some risks. And that's when you have to grab that mic. Because when people don't know a song, what do they do? You might play you might play something that everybody knows and they like this uh -huh. and then you try to mix something new or something they never heard and they like uh, you know what is that but that's when you got to grab the mic and pump them up again so they like oh and they into it and then they ask you like what was that record you played you know that's still that's breaking music like we still have to break music there's there's an unlimited amount of music man that still needs to be heard you know, so that's what I, I love doing. Nice. I can still hear the passion. Tell me about the importance of Derek L.A. Jackson in terms of the, the Lords of oh. the Underground story. How, how, how did he help you get to, to here and now? Without him, there probably wouldn't have been a Lords of the Underground. Uh, we were both communication majors and, you know, I was doing a lot of parties at the schools, surrounding areas, and I taught him how to mix and blend and, you know, rock parties. So. You know, when I got tired or anything or too drunk, I would let him get on and he would finish the party up. And, you know, we're just having fun, man. We, you know, college kids just having fun, enjoying life and, 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 and music. And, you know, he was a year older than me. So, you know, he was just so appreciative. He said, yo, Jazz, when I graduate, man, I'm going to look out for you. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to look out for you. And um, I got a card and it was L.A., he was like, yo, man, my cousin Molly Mall house, the house of hits. And he was just like, when you go back to school, form a group and send me the demo and I'll let Molly hear it. And, you know, we'll go from there. And I was like, all right, bet. When I went back to school, I met my man Do It All through another mutual friend, Denton Evans. So we set up a show in Raleigh and Molly and, and L.A. came down, man. And, uh, you know, the rest was history. Like we ripped that shit to pieces. Molly loved it. The crowd was crazy, energetic. And uh, Molly was like, y'all need to come to the House of Hits. So when we got to the House of Hits, Heavy D was like, LL was there. We was like, oh, <laughs> we like, oh, shit. Like, we, we heard, we heard, um, we heard them making Mom, Mama Said Knock You. I mean, Molly, man, was, you know, one of my idols, man. It's, you know, back in the day, if you saw Produced by Molly Maul, you automatically had to buy two copies. So, you know, chilling, like, you know, poster on the wall, in control, like, just being in this house with this man is like, wow, like, damn, like. Yeah, no, no, facts, because, you know, Marley, you know, we, you know, as generations move on, sometimes we forget about the history, but Marley was very early on doing remixes. He, um, you know, he was, he was very early, yeah. on that, you know, that whole cold chilling you know, Symphony is obviously a classic, but there was, you know, he had such a connection to the streets and to artists who are 
you know, coming through, right? So Cool G or Master Ace or, you know, and had the relationship with Kane and all that. So Marley had a, has a massive impact. One of those kind of icons of, of the game that, you know, when we're talking about producers of all time and those lists that people yeah. talk about, Marley has to be included in there because his influence and his impact on, on hip hop. And, and also, let's not forget, because we're talking to a DJ, DJ Marley Marl. We can't forget that, you know, this is the essence, right? So Exactly. But look, not not only hip hop. I think Marley was the first producer to to do remixes for R and B, man. Like he was, and and that's actually this is crazy. That's actually how we got signed to Pendulum Electra Records. Marley Marley did a, a remix on a DAT right. for Melissa Morgan. Oh yeah, R and B singer. When he put the DAT in, like Ruben wanted to hear it. Ruben loved it. He was like, "Who are these guys?" And, and Molly, oh, no, that, that's the wrong dad. And Ruben were like, wait a minute, Lon, let me hear that. And Ruben wanted to meet us, man. And that's how everything got started because Molly did was doing an RB hip hop remix for Melissa Morgan. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, um, here comes the here come the Lords, the album, but then the title tracks. So obviously, Psycho's done at this point. You may have done other tracks for the demo. I know there's the link to Daz Effects. So, when did it, when did that choice come to go, right, we're going to talk about these guys almost buying our style and you know they're gonna start you know cloning us in the video when did that come to do that track and then put that as the as the first song to to actually be the the first song that you know for the you know guys on pendulum and you know your electra when was that decision made who made that decision as a collective to go we're putting this song as the first song on the album all right so let me tell you um you know, being being at the radio station in college, you know, we would get all the promo copies of whatever is coming out. So I used to go up on Saturday mornings and just go through what, you know, different labels were sending me that I listen to this. Just get prepping for my show, what I wanted to play. And this was, this what? Yeah, this was like, like 1980 but anyway we were working on our album this song like das effects and i put it on and the shit was banging and when i heard the when i heard the voice come in i was like wait a minute <laughs> i was like that's dude and, and so I'm like, damn, I'm like, this nigga went made a, a song and shit without being funk. Like, what the fuck going on? So I went to his dorm room. Like, I'm like, I'm like, what's up with this? He like, man, what you talking about? He's sleeping shit. I'm like, he's like, I don't know. So I, I took him to the station. I put it on, let him hear it. And he was just like. Damn, it do kind of sound like me. You know, the, the right. pitch, not yeah, the yeah, diggity yeah. wiggity, but the pitch of voice. And I, we was just like, oh shit. And um, so so <laughs> when we went back up to Molly's, you know, we just we wanted to talk about right. that. You know, we wanted to talk about that. And plus just being just the the, the hook on that song, Here Come the Lords, was the perfect way to start an album to let people know like wow like in your face like we here like here come the the lords we here you know so you know that was just like the perfect single to come out with 
that, that and it that's a good point to make about lords in general and 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 even with playing dealer what you guys have done is it's that energy is very much prevalent throughout all the projects everything you guys do even right. the energy is talking right now talking to us the energy is coming through and that's very important it's very important to to note that man listen like if you i don't know if you ever seen us perform live but i mean man we we you give it 150%, man, because we that's what that's that's what we're about. We're about energy. Our songs is energy. You know, when when do it all is on stage, his eyeballs are like that, looking at the crowd. Like it just makes it makes you go crazy, man. Funky jumping and shit. Like, you know, we that's what that's what we live for, man. We live for the funk and uh we we live for the energy, man. Just to we, you know, we 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 just want to make people have a great fucking time, man, when they come see us. And if they didn't know us, God damn it, they know us after we fucking perform. What was the decision for you to to rap or to blend your voice to hit me one time? What 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 was that discussion like uh, in the studio? Back then, man, um, a lot of a lot of groups, um, you know, it was either two MCs, three MCs and one DJ, whatever. The thing with Lords of the Underground is that we are a group. We are a unit that it wasn't two MCs and a higher DJ. You know, like I, I formed the group. So we are a group, you know, and the thing back then, it was like a lot of a lot of DJs were always in the bag, never said nothing on the interview, never you know, and I was just like, man, that's, you know, that's kind, kind of whack, man. So, you know, I, I don't claim to be a, a great rapper, but it was just something inside me was like, man, I got to do something for the DJ culture, man. Because, you know, like the DJ was first, you know, and we have to rep this shit. So, you know, doing funk was like, yeah, of course, because, you know, we always wanted to be like, you know, the run DMCs and the, the Houdini and, you know. And um, so, yeah, they was like, yeah, hell yeah, we need to do that. So that's when Do It All actually wrote that rhyme for me. So, you know, I just, I just went in the booth, spit it, and uh, they liked it. So I was like, cool, so let's run with it. And yeah, 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 Do It All wrote, do it all wrote that, and then he did his verse, and then Funky just, um, just uh, talked on it, but... Um, but yeah, that, that was just something that 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 had to be done, man. You know, to put some of the focus back on the DJs, like look, like look, we still here repping, and um, you know, that's why I wanted to do it, man. I was just, I was glad that people liked it, enjoyed it, and you know, singing the lyrics, you know, all across the world, man. It was, it was a blessing, man, for real. But th- but th- this is one of the reasons why we wanted you on the show because I think part of what we do for the fans of we have across the world some of them are new to, to hip-hop but it's important that i call this the i call it the curriculum right i'm just it's a very loose term but it's a curriculum people have to understand because i had to go back and do my googles in the age of hip-hop twitter in the age of people just making up whatever they feel as history exactly exactly right. so so when when we're talking about stage performance when we're talking about performance on a single well, uh, or an album crafting albums you know doing those 10,000 hours whatever it is whatever it is you do it's very important to to what did michael jackson have on his on his dressing room um uh, study the greats and be greater yeah that was mm-hmm. his thing yeah that's the that's this is why we have you 
That's so dope, man. That's so dope because nowadays it's it's up to us to to tell our stories, man, and let the youth know what's going on. Like and like you said, they'll write anything and go with it. I mean, you can have a an, an influencer. I don't know where the hell this <laughs> thing came from. Who's fucking influencer? With with ten million fucking uh, uh, followers, they can say anything, and people are like, oh, they think it's true. So it's up to uh, man. That's why I love guys like you, man. True generals um, in this music thing and putting facts out there, not just not just bullshit. You know? Yeah, yeah. The keeper, the keepers of the funk release party. What were your memories of that? Because that was quite legendary. From from my understanding, but there's probably gaps in my knowledge, so I need I need the person that was there to, to yeah. help fill them in. But that was a, that must have been a crazy night, man. You know what? What's crazy is I all of this stuff that that you might have heard or seen pictures on IG or whatever. Like I have I have videos. I have like I'm working on a, a documentary. Like you said, man. Like if we don't tell these stories, you know, somebody else will and misconstrue. And so that's why, man, I've been putting together this documentary for for years and I have I have a lot of the footage Um, that that Keepers of the Funk Party, like everybody in the industry was there. Um, Of course, I know you've seen the pictures of Tupac. I mean, I mean, everybody, everybody was was there, man. And, um, you know, we we killed it. We rocked the house. And I think the. One of the last songs that we did was with uh, Supreme C called Never Faded. And that shit like tore the house down, like tore the house down. Like we were like, damn, like they love the Never Faded shit. And um, Never Faded for me was a, a, a sleeper. It, it was right. a sleeper. Like we did the video in, in one take. Like we just did it one day with Joseph Kahn. And uh, he had the great idea to, to do it backwards. And we just shot it, you know, in a playground one day. And, you know, we just put it out. And and it did great, man. And, and people love that that song. Um, but that that party, man, was was monumental. Monumental. LL, like my mother was there taking, she got pictures with LL and Tupac. <laughs> You know, just everybody, just just the love in the room, man. You know, no animosity. Um, just all music lovers. Um, I mean, it, it was just a great feeling, man. And I, I can't wait to to get you know all of these uh, the videos and pictures and and actual facts out for the world to see. You know, rest in peace to my man Tupac. Yeah, but uh, for yeah, sure. monument. That's crazy. My, that's crazy for sure and it was obviously we we can't i know we always get banded together but there's also the the biggie story too that i know you guys have talked about recently yeah um but being on ready to die i know i know mr funky was you you know machine gun funk he's might be used it but that in that in itself like that is a testament you know biggie, to, big big was a lord's fan but i think he i think big big really tried to emulate mr funky you know and um, I can hear that. I can hear that. Yeah, man. And um, especially for ready to die. I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think Lords as, as a whole, we we don't get our just due. I mean, I, I guess a lot of people feel like that, but I, I, I really do feel like that. Um, Mr. Funky was copied by a lot of people, man. But people just don't talk about it. You know, they'll say somebody else. But 
you know, do it all has been emulated, you know, but, you know, it's like, uh, they forget about the laws, man. But, you know, we, we had classic, you, you can't talk about hip hop from the early nineties and not mention this. Like, how do you not mention chief rocker, funky child, here come the Lords, like TikTok, like, come on, man. Like, like, you know, we put work in, like we put work <laughs> in. I mean, yes, we, we, we're not the guys that, that are going to go around with, with the big heads and saying, yeah, we, I mean, we just do our thing. If it happens, it happens. If not, you know, whatever. Like when we did Here Come the Lords, man, we we in college still. We having a fucking great time. We in the house of hits with Bali. We just did the album. We did it having fun. And we 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 didn't know people in UK and Paris and Egypt and South Africa. Like we didn't know they were gonna hear our our music. You know, we didn't. We just we were doing it for us. Right. Right. You know. But, but, but you know what you said earlier about gospel music? Yeah. About how it touches you, right? Yeah. And the thing I think about gospel music and, and jazz and other things that touch you, it's from the soul. Mm-hmm. What you guys did was from, it was authentic. It was to it was to you. It was authentic to all three of you. And I think that's what comes out. The energy, the yeah. the vibe, everything that you guys encompassed came out in those records. Mm. And that's what is the, that's what gives you longevity in the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That gives you that longevity and that that status. That- I, it also reminds me of the locks. You can tell that you guys are really around each other. Oh, yeah. And that comes out in the records. Like, I can imagine you at this point could finish each other's sentences. I just I just feel that with you guys. It's not it's not a manufactured group. It's a group that was made before the industry. Exactly, man. Like, we, we, we're all brothers, man. Like, I've been with doing funk more than my own brothers. You know, it's like, you know, we, we, we're family, man. And um, yeah, that's it. I love them. I'm just glad people can see that. Like, there's nothing fake about us. You know, we're, we're just genuine, man. And, um, you know, we, we love we, we love each other, man. We love music. That's the, the backbone of our lives, you know. And uh, I'm just glad that, you know, people enjoyed it. Um, I'm grateful for for my man L.A. and Ruben Rodriguez, you know, Charles Dixon, you know, everybody that's, you know, had a hand. Tim Hodge, Hafiz Fareed, you know, these guys all all, all groomed us, man. And, um, you know, that, that's why we who we are today, Yeah, you know. Lastly, before we let you go, um, we've got to make a mention of KDEF and his oh. contributions and 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 the, and and creating the the sound. You cannot um, forget KDEF, legend, oh, legend, That's legend. KDEF, he's another guy that that goes unnoticed in hip hop, which is a shame. Like this guy is. Can a- I say something before you go yeah. on? I've been tasked with writing a list of my twenty-five underrated producers, and KDEF mm. is top three on my list as of right now. Has to be, has to be, man. He's like a engineer. Like he's like he's a nerd, man. He's a he's a music nerd. You know, he he's he's like oh, he's almost like Grandmaster Flash, you know, but just on the wow. production tip, like changing the way sounds are. Like right now, he's working on a program doing isolations, man, and it's coming out crazy. I know when 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 he finally gets everything you know, tight and finalized, like he can change the world with this shit, what wow. he's doing now. Wow. But uh, yeah. Stop, K- nah, sh- shout out to KDEF. Shout out to motherfucking KDEF. I talked to him like two weeks ago. Like I, we still, you know, we still talk, man. Um, 
Yeah, great dude, great dude. But Excellent. before before I mm. get out of here, I just want to I just want to let the youth and even the older generation know that if you want to get into this music, if you really really want to get into the music and do your thing and and be heard, I want to just let you guys know. You have talent. Everybody in the world has talent. And you can succeed. But do you have the guts to fail? Do you have the guts to fail? A lot of people don't have the guts to fail. They won't get back up because they're scared. They don't want to lose. They don't want to, they don't want to fail. They can't accept failure. So when it happens, that's it for them. That's it. You cannot be afraid to fail. Everybody who's billionaires now have failed. You have to keep going. You have to think big. You really have to dream and achieve your goals. You have to set goals for yourself and go for it. I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50 years old. If you still love hip-hop music, do that shit. There's no age limit on it. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it fucked up. People like to say, oh, you you too old. Who, who the fuck said you too old to do music? Nobody says you too old to do rock and roll. How are you too old to play the keyboard or the guitar? That's just something in you. That's That goes for hip-hop, too. If you can still write, MC, talk, walk, you can still do it, but you have to have the passion to keep going. But if you have passion and you love music, you will never stop. That's just something that you're gonna do anyway. So do it to the fullest. Don't think about the fucking money. Do not think about the fucking money. Do it from here first. That's what we did with Here Come the Lords and look at us here today, 2021. Yeah. You know, Facts. Facts. 30 years nearly coming up, man. Yeah, that's crazy. No, no. And, and I also think like nowadays, the youngsters nowadays have obviously social media to contend with, which is very different and is very public. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the thing we have is we're sometimes afraid to say how we feel or give our opinion or try things for the for the thing that we may look like a failure. And I think the looking like a failure becomes much more of a burden for the youngsters now. Yeah. And that's what's stifling that creativity to push through. Because exactly. what you guys did, what you know, that whole run of, you know, they you know they, they call it the golden era, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 there's there's a there's a lineage of of acts, artists, producers, A&Rs, engineers who went through the gamut of hip hop but they weren't afraid. They took risks. You guys took risks, mm-hmm. but that because of the, the, just because of the conditions of social media, yeah, everyone's scared to fail publicly. Yeah. And I agree with you hundred percent. What you said wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. It's just that there's conditions that we're set at the moment. It's, I think that's what's for me. That's what I think is, uh, is stopping people, yeah. people from, from, I mean, it, it's terrible, man. And it, and if you have a, a low self-esteem or, you know, you can't take criticism, and you put yourself out there like that and everybody's just bashing you, bashing you, bashing you. Like, I can see how that can crush you. Like, yeah. You know. And, you know, some people that don't have um, that foundation behind them, 
you know, their 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 parents or, or, or brothers and sisters and or just good friends to talk to. You know, some of these, you know, kids, they they go left, man. And, and, and it's really sad, you know, but, uh, you know, everybody just nowadays just wants to be seen. You know, they, they're doing a lot of stuff just for clickbait. I mean, they damn near yeah. killing themselves. Some are killing themselves just to get clicks like like it's yeah. it's uh man I, it's, I, a, it's, no, it's, a, it's, it's a sad state of affairs for yeah, the next generation really and and it, we have to we all have a part to play to try and reverse that if we can but there's you know every generation has that disconnect with their with the older generation and yeah. we've just got to find a way to to f- find a way to plug that gap you know what I'm saying, and and yeah. that's what happens. It, it, it's a, it's a sad thing. It's a societal thing, but is we have to find ways. Each generation has to find ways to kind of close that gap to to reach yeah. out to them because that like, that disconnects going farther. Yeah, like you said, I, I think it's 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 up to us guys like us, man, to you know just give them our, our knowledge. Um, man, Mr. Funky set a line on on his last album, uh, DXM. He was like homie pull your pants up some of you old niggas need your ass whooped just saying like the youth the youth today are like this because our generation didn't get to them yeah i mean you know we we had this conversation with james prince yeah um we had because you know og certified mr prince sorry i should call mr prince he'll he'll, he'll come for me but um we had that same conversation because there's a there's an absolute disconnect in our societies and it's yeah. getting worse and worse and and um that that gulf is becoming bigger man and and mm. we're losing our youth yeah you know across the across the world across the world you know, not just in hip hop across the world we are losing our, our our youth to to silliness to clickbait to, yeah, man. to for the gram right that's the word right for the gram for world yeah. star whatever it is yeah we're losing our youth and and, and that's a tragedy it's a Let, tragedy I, I got a question to ask you guys hmm um, I forget who I was talking to maybe a week ago, but you know, we were, we were just talking about, you know, older, I was eighties, nineties groups, little artists or whatever. Would you want to hear a new album from, from an eighties, nineties group? Like me personally, I said, Yes, because I, I I love music. I love hip hop. You know, if uh, let me see, if Trends of Culture came out with a new album, <laughs> I know people would be like, uh, "Who Trends of Culture? Like, who the fuck would want to listen to that?" Me, yeah. I would want to listen to it, of course. I mean, yeah. but it's like some people like, uh, I mean. Uh, but 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 there's what what it is um what it is is there's an elitism that we have that has to be has that has to be kind of turfed out. Um, for me, when we're talking hip hop, yeah. Listen, I've been I, I, I want to hear more OC. When we spoke to OC, he's like, I'm retiring, I'm done. I'm like, no, I want OC. I, I I want because the reason why is because the access to music is absolute. You can get music anywhere, right? Through yeah. different streaming services. So now it's about your personal choice, what mm-hmm. you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. As long as artists and producers keep putting their music out there, <laughs> their fans will find it. Then it's just about discovery at the end of the day. Right. Do I want to hear a new album from Loose Ends? Yeah, hell yeah. Why not? I would yeah. love to hear, You know what I'm saying? Like, why not? I got, I got no problem with that. And I think, 
I think what we do is again, it's a, I don't know if it's, a, I, I haven't quite figured out why, and maybe I need to speak to, you know, we may, maybe it's have to be an extended conversation at some point about why we, why we do this to our own culture, why we do this to the, to people of black origin who are making music to, to further their family, further their goals, further right. their dreams. Why do we always go, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want to hear your music. No, you you don't need to listen to it. Right. You know, you know, like there's a mute button on, on Twitter. You don't have to go listen to, to a new OC album if you don't want to, but yeah. I want to. I would You know what I'm too. saying? So Shout out to OC. I'm 100%. I'm 100. And I, I also think like, you know, people who have made music in the 80s and 90s, as long as it's at a standard where people want to hear it, it's not, you know, crazy, yeah. which I'm sure it wouldn't be. Really, what, what's more important is this, we'll be experimenting at that age. They're not going to start making music to make a hit now because they'd already done that, right? Right. So now they're experimenting with different types of music, different types of sounds, electronic, whatever it is, disco, and infusing that. But that's important to put out in the world because then we start pushing the boundaries of the medium. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because at mm-hmm. some point someone's going to discover this yeah. and someone's going to go, oh, like when I discovered Celeste um, from, from the UK, amazing R&B eyes. I was like, my God, you're, the, her voice is just incredible. Like, I wouldn't have known that if I didn't go dig, if I didn't go digging for that. Right. So, you know, is I think it's important that we put as much out there when people talk about putting shit in the universe, yeah. put the music in the universe yeah, and it will come. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I see it anyway. That's what I say. Yeah. I think it's a bigger social sociological issue because there's the pursuit of youth. Everybody wants to be fresh. And, you know, mm. if it's if it came out a few years ago, it's old. If it came out last week, it's old. When you it's think old. about, you Facts. know, how much money we spend on like plastic surgery and beauty care products because we're always wanting to look young, you know, we're trying to turn yeah. back the years. And a lot of people are doing that with their music choices too. You know, they want to appeal to younger audiences, which is fine. But you don't stop buying and enjoying music at the age of 40. I'm 39. I'm as passionate a music lover as I've ever been. And I need people to cater to me as well. So would I like to hear from 90s artists? I'm still waiting on another Lord Finesse album. I want it. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. I want it. That's, that's, that's funny you say that, man. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to do something with, with Finesse also. And, um, and yeah, I know and the history. Was t- there, was, there was a thing there in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now, nah, but I mean, we we all good. We all good now. Nah. Grown men. I, I, I love that. I love the history you guys have, man. You, oh, the it's the '90s was a different time, man. Mm-hmm. The '90s was a different time. Like I love, like I lo- and I love that and that, that competition that pushes the it just pushes everything. So yeah, that, I mean that was that was it, man. We we're competing. This is I mean this is hip hop, man. And uh, you know everybody want to be the best. Who 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 yeah. don't want to fucking win? I mean you want to win. You know, we, we want to go to the to the Super Bowl, not just the playoffs. I mean, you know, we want to get to the Super Bowl. This is Bowl. true. Um, this is true. Well, let me just say, let me just say, um, I I do have some other things that I do have going on. Um, yes. I do a, a, a DJ class called The First Element, a DJ class where I'm teaching, you know, the youth about hip hop, especially the DJ, First Element, and um, which is going good, man. I'm, I, I just... Love teaching the youth, man, and letting them letting them know that, you know, they can do it. You know, they can do it. All you have to do is practice. And I'm here to guide them, to let them know that they're doing it the right way. You know, that, man, that brings, just puts a smile on my face just to see, you know, the young boys and girls doing it. You know, a whole new generation of, of, of DJs, not just pressing a button, <laughs> you know, DJs. 
Um, also, I'm working on my my Plain Dealer Part Two album. Um, I'm nice. halfway done with it. I have, uh, of course, dude, Mr. Funky. I have Supreme C on it. Wow. Never yes. Haven't heard wow. from him in years. I got a uh, Sunny Jim from UK. Ex excellent. Okay. Uh, Big Twins from QB. Um, my man Ooh. Bananas, rest in peace. I uh, got him on the album. I got um, uh, Vic Spencer out of Chicago. Nice. Uh, my man Young Noble from the Outlaws, Tupac. Um, Dre Rock and my my nephew Twan Kennedy, and uh, okay. might get a couple of, but but yeah, be on the lookout for that. And if you don't have the Lord Triller album that I I I dropped what, a year and a half ago, yeah, about a year and a half. Ago. Yeah, you can check that out. My man True Triller from the O Fifty Boys. Shout out to New Jersey. Shout out to Cleveland, Ohio. Um, yeah, man. I mean, we still doing it. Also, Lords of the Underground. We have yep. we have a project. I know everybody's been asking, <laughs> asking. We did it with the Snow Goons. It's called yes. So Legendary. We did do the album. We put out a video with with Onyx that's on the album called What's Up. Um, we did do the album. The album is finished. We the whole COVID thing just fucked everything up. You know we were gonna release it. We were gonna do the tour. But the COVID shit fucked everything up. So now we, you know, just trying to come out with a with a decent date to put it out and let people know that they can go get it. So I mean, we're, we're working, man. We we doing what we can. Shout out to Do It All. You know, he's running for councilman of, of right. New Jersey. You know, he's doing his thing in the politics. Shout out to my man, Mr. Funky, still doing his thing, doing features and working on his second uh project. And, um, you know, shout out to my daughter, DJ Glow, if you didn't know. You can go to her website at GloriaColston.com. Check her out. She uh, she has, uh, she just finished her, her new movie, which will be out in April. Uh, was shot in Paris, France. Her first movie was called uh, Demont to Commence. We shot that in UK, actually. In okay. South France. I don't know. It's called Two is a Family. Uh, in English, so you know, if you haven't checked that out, check that out. It's, it's pretty dope. Yeah, you guys wanted to do movies back in the day as well. Like you guys were very big on the cinematography. Like I remember, I yeah. remember. Yeah, we did yeah, like back New, in the day. New York Undercover, and you know, yeah. all, all the do it all. I swear, do it all was in the Sopranos as well, right? The yeah. last episode. No, was he? Yeah, yeah. The, um, he's one yeah. of the people that walk in the diner when Tony Soprano's having um exactly. food with the yeah. family at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do I not know this? Oh. Yeah, yeah, dude, dude was in that. So no, listen, we 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 appreciate your time so and, and speaking of the so Super much. Bowl and being at the Super Bowl, you are at the Super Bowl. This is the number one UK hip hop podcast. Fuck everyone else. You heard what I said. <laughs> Fuck everyone else. Um, Breaking Adams podcast. No, honestly, we appreciate all your contributions. No doubt. We look forward to the, all the projects. Uh, you know, Plain Dealer too, man. You know, yeah, Cellar Dwellers, man. Cellar Dwellers is a, a regular on fixture now. on on. Cellar Dwellers now. very underrated to me, man. Those my guys. Shout out to. To fam and UG. Yeah, man. I'm my dudes. Thank you very much for your time, bro. No problem, man. Y'all keep doing your thing, man. Love what y'all doing. Peace once again to Lord Jazz. That was a good conversation, man. We 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 did some hip hop stuff and then we got into some social stuff, which I love. Which I absolutely love. You killed it though with that. He, bro, People he's, trying not, to... he's not playing. He's not playing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but I and I love that he dropped jewels throughout, and I think that's important. It's very OG of him. Um, mm. to, to do that but yeah, you, you killed it at, at the end there when we were talking about 
youth and everyone trying to be youthful in everything they do because that is a it's a it's a big problem that is continuing but do you notice how mad it is when you're young you want to be old and then when you're old you want to be young like bro like i was um watching this documentary like the amount of money we spend on plastic surgery because people aren't happy with how they look you know that's fine it's your body you can do what you want with it but that constant pursuit of youth yeah it's it's a problem and i think for any community or culture to thrive you need the enthusiasm of youth and the experience of age you put those two together and then you can push things forward but it's like if you went to a church for example and you saw just old people in there you'd be like "Mm." but the same way if you go to a church and you see just young people it's like who's guiding who's teaching but in order for people to teach people have to be teachable it's all a mess out here i'm sorry no no i'm i'm with you i'm with you um and i I don't disagree but now you killed it with that um and i and, and i love i love when our conversations switch. You know, I love when our conversations switch to to more than just music because you know, as much as we revel and yeah, and you know, it's you know, it's when it happens though, right? You and me just shut up when it happens. Me and you just shut up and just just listen, like you know what I mean. <laughs> hey man, we got listen. Oh, we, this, th- these conversations are also about us learning from those who we're speaking to. Um, so we want to, we want to, we want to get the facts straight, the story straight and hear the great stories and, and, and be a hip hop fan. But also we want to learn from our OGs, man. We want to learn from our OGs. It's very important. We do that. It's, it's very important that we learn from those who have, who have the experience. Cause we can learn, I mean, you can learn from anyone really, if you, if you're really willing to, to open your eyes and ears, um, as, or as DJ Draper would say, your third eye. Um, I'm bringing DJ Draper back. I'm, po- I'm making him popping off again. Um, so yeah, no, no, it's very important. All jokes aside, it's very important that we, you know, we take that in. Sorry, can you hear me? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, it's just a bit of a delay. Hold on. Yeah, I totally agree with you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, right. So let's wrap this one up. Uh, as always, wrap you can up. follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram at Break the Atoms. Chris's handle is at I'm Kinetic. Mine's is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We appreciate you for rocking with yes. us. We're approaching fast to the end of the year, but 2022 is going to be a madness. Peace once again to, to Lord Jazz. Uh, we'll be back with another episode. But until then, peace. Peace. peace.